politics, football, faith, and theology, you are listening to Pfft Podcast, and I'm your host, Daniel. And I got one question for you. Who's in the doghouse? Who? 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 Who's in the doghouse? The doghouse I am talking about is Mike Tomlin's doghouse. Mike Tomlin, coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has this tendency to get whole units in his doghouse, and oh man, I would not want to be in Mike Tomlin's doghouse. He did it uh, this past week, uh, this past Sunday, about a week ago now, November 8th, 2020, against the Cowboys. He made a head-scratching decision, and then when asked about it later, he said that it was because he didn't trust one of his units. This is not the first time he's done this, okay? So I've noticed this pattern. This is the third time the fir- third time I've noticed that I've seen it happen. It may have happened more times than this, but Mike Tomlin has this tendency, and he's a great coach, by the way. I'm not trying to criticize... Well, I am trying to criticize him. Um, he's, But, you know, he is a great NFL coach. I don't want to take anything away from that. He's one of the greatest out there. However, he has you know, an issue. And his issue is he sometimes makes head-scratching decisions and then blames those decisions on one of his units, whether it's the defense, whether it's special teams. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Okay. So this past Sunday, he's against the Cowboys. They're up by five points. They are on the Cowboys' 15-yard line with less than a minute to go. All right. It's fourth down, fourth and one. Maybe even less than one. And he decides to go for it. Now, if you succeed, you seal the game. The game's over, okay? Because you're up by... Because, you know, it's you have a first down. Uh, there's less than a minute to go. Uh, I don't think they had... And I don't know how many timeouts they had. I don't think they had any. But they might have had one or two. I don't know. Um, but, you know, the game's, the game's pretty much over at that point. You can, you can run the clock down with a first down, whereas if you kick a field goal, you go up by eight points. They have to come down the field, they have to score a touchdown, and then they have to get a two-point conversion, and then it goes to overtime, and then, you know, the Cowboys would have to win in overtime. So here's the here's the reason why this was a head-scratching decision. Because it's, at first it seems maybe kind of reasonable, maybe kind of, okay, Here's the thing. You have a, about a two out of three chance, a little less than two out of three, but let's say two out of three chance of making it if you go for fourth and one, just historically. He failed, by the way. They did not make it. They won the game anyway, but not because he made the right decision here. Okay, so I'm not saying, you know, it cost him the game. We're going to look at one example where it actually did potentially cost the game. Um, two of these three examples it didn't end up making a difference, but still it was a head-scratching decision. Okay, so you've got about a, a little less than two out of three chance of making a fourth and one. If you just look historically at fourth and one calls, that's about the rate um, that I looked at. I don't know what my source was. It was Google. First result on Google, okay? I'll just say that. And then two-point conversions are about a 50-50, which is actually a lot higher than I thought. I don't know why teams don't go for it more, because you can miss an extra point, right? So if it's like 49, just under 50-50, but not as much as uh, missed extra points would, would cost you. So actually, I think teams should probably go for it more in uh, two-point conversions, but that's another story. Anyway, two-point conversions are about 50-50, meaning if you assume that the Cowboys were going to drive it down and score a touchdown, 
if you make that assumption, which is, you know, a, a, unlikely to happen in the first place, so you're probably going to win anyway, regardless of what you do, which is exactly what happened, okay? But let's uh, assume you, you want to figure out, okay, how am I going to put this game away, give me, myself the highest probability of winning? Now, the, you're already ahead by five points. A field goal is not going to get the Cowboys there. If they're going to win, they're going to have to score a touchdown. So let's assume that they're going to, because you want to figure out, okay, what's going to give me the highest probability of winning? Well, if you get your first down, they're not going to have a chance to. So then, so, okay, they lose. Even if they were going to go get a touchdown, they don't have that chance anymore, so you've taken it away, you win the game. But you're assuming that if they did get the ball back, they would have scored a touchdown. Because, again, if they don't, it doesn't matter. You want to figure out if they do, what's going to give you the, if they would, what's going to give you the best chance of winning. Okay, so so then you have about a 2-in-3 chance of winning, and about a 1-in-3 chance now, of losing now again i'm conditioning on and it's not a one in three chance of losing but i'm conditioning on if they get the ball back they score a touchdown okay conditioning on that you have a two and three chance of winning and a one and three chance of losing on the other hand on the other hand let's say that you kick the field goal well field goals are about uh it's it's it was on the 15 yard line so it's an extra point basically okay it would have been a 33-yard field goal, which is exactly like an extra point. Extra points have a 94.5% success rate since they got moved back to the 15-yard line. Okay, so, and then, here's the kicker. They would, if they scored a touchdown, they're down by eight points now, so they got to get a two-point conversion. That has about a 50-50 chance, and then if you, then it gets sent into overtime if that happens, and then you have a 50-50 chance of winning if that happens, assuming one of the teams is going to win and one is going to lose, whatever. So then, actually, the, the Cowboys would have had, even if they scored a touchdown, only a 1-in-4 chance of winning rather than a 1-in-3 chance of winning. See, it's actually better to kick the field goal so then they have to do these two things. First, they got to score the uh, two-point conversion, then they got to win in overtime. Uh, so that gives them a 1-in-4 rather than a 1-in-3 if you assume that they're able to score that touchdown. I'm doing a quick update in post-production. I, I mentioned the, the probability of scoring that field goal, which is basically an extra point, but I forgot to f calculate that when I said 3-4 uh, and four versus 2-3 and three, or 1-4 or and four versus 1-3. and three. Instead of a 3-4 and four chance, if, if you calculate the probability of missing the extra point, it becomes like a 70% rather than 75, but that's still better than the 65.7 chance that you have of converting the fourth and one, which again, they were not able to convert. So the point is, if you go by the, the numbers here, if these are the right ones, then mathematically, Tomlin made the wrong decision. Okay, now you can go back to the original recording. So it was the wrong decision. Now, it'd be one thing if they asked him in the press conference and he tried to give some analytics answer or just it was close enough, he couldn't do the calculations in his mind fast enough. I get that. It took me, I don't know, 20 minutes to do all these calculations, look up the data. He didn't have the time. He had to make a split-second decision. But they asked him why he made the decision, and he didn't say uh, it just seemed about, you know, the, the better thing to do to me, you know, put away the game right away. He, what he said was, that he didn't trust his field goal unit because his field goal unit had had a field goal blocked earlier that game. So he doesn't come back to them. Now, does that mean they were going to have it blocked again? No, it doesn't. This was an extra point, okay? Blocked field goals are extremely rare. 
and one extremely rare event happened. That doesn't mean that it's going to happen again. Generally speaking, that's not how it works. Generally speaking, you're very lucky if you get it once a game. It's very unlikely to happen twice a game. So he didn't have to worry about that, but because he did not trust his team, he was mad at them, they were in his doghouse, he actually made a decision that gave him a lower probability, still a very high probability either way, and he did end up winning the game, okay? So, you know, no harm, no foul, whatever. But it it put them in a situation where they actually had a slightly lower probability of winning the game, and that was because his whole field goal unit was in his doghouse. That was the answer he gave. Okay, the answers he gave, gave in all three of these situations that I'm going to bring up, that's the first one, that's the most recent one, obviously, because no games have been played since then. But all three of these games... His answer in the press conference was almost even more telling than the decision he made itself. Okay, now let's go back to October 6th, 2019. So about a year, a year and a month back into the past. Travel with me. We're now against the Ravens, the biggest rivals in the division. Okay? And then it's overtime. They, they send the game into overtime. Again, and by the way, this is the season, this is Lamar Jackson's MVP season. He's just lighting it up, Okay? Pittsburgh wins the coin toss. And what does he do? He decides to kick instead of receiving. Now, just a reminder of the overtime rules. If if you're the first team to score a touchdown, you win no matter what. If you receive, go score a touchdown, it doesn't even matter. They don't get the ball back. They don't get another chance. You win, period. It's the end. If you score a field goal, then they get the ball back. If they score another field goal, then it's tied. You get the ball back. You score a field goal, you win. If you score a field goal, then they score a touchdown, they win. Okay, so it's way better to have the ball first. Not, not as much as it was, you know, back when, back, back in the old days before they changed the rule and the Patriots kept winning, you know, the coin toss and then, you know, scoring a field goal, going to Super Bowls because of it. Not that, not that much more, but it's definitely, definitely, definitely much better still to get the ball to start overtime. Okay? But he deferred. And the reason he gave for deferring was field position. He said he did not trust his kick return unit to get him good field position. So instead, what he what he wanted to do, they'd been getting him, he said, about back to the 15-yard line, which that's a terrible kickoff return. You, you can at least get it to the 25-yard line if you just take a touchback. Okay, so, so, but all you got to do is tell your kick return guys, hey, if it's within the 10-yard line, just let it bounce into the end zone. Don't try to run it back. Okay, just just let it come out to the 25-yard line. This needs to happen more often anyway. I don't know why people don't do this. They, they, they want to be heroes. You know, kick returners want to be heroes. And, and maybe sometimes, like with Isaiah Rogers on the Colts, I actually, he gets it back to the 20, 25-yard 20, line most of the time, and then there was that one time he got a touchdown off of it. So, okay, you know, take that shot. Maybe you lose five yards, but, but that's all right. You sometimes get a touchdown. But, you know, a lot of the time, kick returners aren't able to do that. They're... They're not making it that far back. And so all Mike Tomlin had to do is tell his guy, listen, let the ball bounce. We'll take the touchback. I'd rather start from there than you try to be a hero and cost us 10 yards. Instead, what he did was he kicked the ball, which means his defense has to force a three and out. And then they have to, you know, receive a punt. And it, it actually ended up succeeding, believe it or not. It actually ended up succeeding. He got the ball back at the 32 yard line. So it's a seven-yard gain, and and to get that seven-yard gain, he required his whole defensive unit to force a three-and-out, which is a huge risk, okay? 
because they could have gotten a touchdown and ended the game right there, and it would have been over, and he would have looked like a chump. Now, they ended up losing the game because of a fumble, and the Ravens ended up getting a touchdown anyway. <clears throat> but if you just look at that decision, it's a head-scratching decision. All he had to do was tell the guy not to run it back. You get it on your 25-yard line, you go. But he was so mad at his kick return unit that he decided he would rather roll the dice and hope, you know, and he turned out to be correct in this case, but roll the dice and hope his defense could make this three and out stop. Because even if they even if they get one first down, then you know that's another ten yards. So you're really assuming they have to get a three and out for this to even even help you. And he didn't say anything you know, if he had said something about the wind, he wanted the wind at the back, and that was the main reason. That wasn't what he said. He said it was because he didn't trust his kick return unit. Again, they were in his doghouse, and he made a head-scratching emotional decision because he was angry with the whole unit of his team, okay? Again, it didn't make a difference. They ended up, you know, he ended up getting what he wanted. He ended up getting that stop, but then they ended up losing the game anyway, so it didn't affect, his decision didn't affect the outcome of the game, but it could have. It very easily could have if if Juju Smith Schuster hadn't fumbled, um, or or if they had you know gotten the the couple of first downs and or maybe even a touchdown and scored. It could have affected it. Now we're going to go back to January fourteenth, two thousand eighteen. It's the end of the twenty seventeen season, and they're in the playoffs in the divisional round against the Jaguars. And here is where it actually did make a difference. Okay, so here is what happened. It was, the Jaguars were way ahead. Both teams were scoring a ton of points in that game. It was uh, 42 to 35. Okay, Pittsburgh has, Pittsburgh has just scored a touchdown. So they were down by two touchdowns. They were down 42 to uh, 28. They score a touchdown, and now there's about two minutes and 18 seconds left. All right. Pittsburgh has two timeouts. They, they've just scored a touchdown, and it took them about a minute 54 seconds off the clock using one timeout. Now they have two timeouts, 2.18 to go. And instead of trusting his defense, this time the defense was what was in the doghouse. So it's not all his special teams. It, his, the ire of, of Mike Tomlin can go in any direction, okay? So now he decides he doesn't trust his defense to make a stop because they've got two timeouts, there's two minutes and 18 seconds. You've got the um, the two-minute warning. So all you got to do is make a three and out. And then you get the ball back. You can go score a touchdown. Instead, he does this onside kick, which is a desperation attempt, right? Onside kicks are very unlikely. That year, it actually turns out they had been uh, more successful than usual, just by chance or whatever, uh, about 21% of the time. Um, but historically, it's been closer to maybe 10 to 15% of the time. And, and since, you know, they've changed the rules since then, and so it's been less successful. But back under those old rules, it was, it was rare for it to be even 20% of the time successful. The Steelers had stopped the Jaguars in that very game about one out of five times uh, from, from getting 10 yards or, or converting a touchdown or whatever. Uh, within three downs, meaning you have about, even if you just look at how you've been doing in this game, you've already got a one in five chance of, of stopping them. 
and probably a lot better because when teams are trying to run the clock down, you know that they're going to run it. If they don't run it, they're going to stop the clock so you have even more time. So you know they're almost certainly going to run it. They don't really have the sort of uh, motivation because they know they're almost probably going to win. So they're not trying quite as hard. They're You, you know they're going to run it so you can stop them. It, it's pretty easy to get these stops um, when a team is up by a touchdown and just trying to run the clock down. It happens way more than one in five times, is, is my point. And it did end up happening, okay? They ended up, because here's what happened. They kicked the field goal, or they kicked the onside kick, and of course it failed, because onside kicks almost always fail, especially when they're expected. And then, it actually cost them a five-yard penalty as well, because they couldn't execute it. Then the Ravens ended up getting stopped. They, they had a three and out, but then because of the extra yardage from the onside kick fa- uh, failed attempt, they were already in field goal range, and so they were able to score a a 45-yard field goal. And then Pittsburgh gets the ball back, drives it down in the, you know, however much time they have left at that point. I think it was about 1 minute and 45 seconds with no timeouts. They ended up driving it down and getting a touchdown with one second to go. Meaning that they would have, if it had not been for that field goal, they would have tied the game right up there. That would have been, it would have gone into overtime. Because he made this decision... And he, uh, because he made this decision to try for this desperation move, this onside kick, it ended up costing him a playoff game and potentially a Super Bowl championship. That's the, that's how serious you know this sort of emotional uh, decision making, especially when it's because you don't trust your team. It's not that you do trust your team; it's because you don't that you're making these emotional decisions. He's you know he was upset with his defense. Here, here's the thing: they could have if they had asked him in the press conference about it, and he said, "Yeah, it looked like um, it looked like onside kicks have been pretty successful this year for whatever reason. I thought we had a pretty good chance. I wanted to give my offense a little bit more time. I uh, wanted to not use up all my timeouts on defense. I wanted to give them better field position. You know, maybe I could have bought that. Maybe I could have said, "All right." Uh, you know, he, he, he made a, a, a decent decision, but that was not the reason he gave at all. What he said was, we hadn't stopped him con- convincingly enough to take any other approach, in my opinion. It was my decision. So, he wasn't even considering the possibility of forcing a three and out. He was he was saying, basically, I'm so done with my defense. And, you know, they had racked up 42 points on him. There's some reason for concern. But if you look at how many, uh, you know, how many times they've, force them to punt or, or force them to kick a field goal when you know you have four down or three downs and and you don't make the 10 yard gain in, any, in these three downs that had happened about five out of 25 times my point is he was not trusting his defense when he should have even based on what he had seen in that game he should have trusted them and it cost him Assuming that they would have been able to come back and win in overtime, they did have the momentum. There was a, a good chance of that. You know, it depends on the coin toss again, depends on other factors. But assuming they wouldn't have been able to come back and win, it cost them advancing to the conference championship, potentially advancing to the Super Bowl, because he was not able to trust a whole unit, the whole defensive unit. And they, he was wrong there. Uh, they did come through for him. They ended up making that three and out. It just it didn't lead to a punt it led to a field goal and then his offense was able to drive the whole ball down and score the touchdown but they were down by three points and it didn't matter they lost the game that's what happens when you when you make decisions based on emotion so mike tomlin is a great coach i don't want to i don't want to leave here with the idea that he's a a bad coach or whatever but he's got this issue 
He makes decisions emotionally based on not trusting a whole unit. He did it back in 2017 or uh, 2018 because it was after it was January. Um, he did it last year, and he did it this year. He'll probably do it again. He hasn't learned. He clearly, even though it cost him a playoff game, he hasn't learned from his mistake. He still makes decisions because he doesn't trust a whole unit, and he makes some real head-scratching decisions. I mean, on the other hand, I do like to see somebody make counterintuitive decisions, especially like kicking the ball at overtime. If you can come up with a reason why, that might actually be better and convince me of it. I actually would like to see that, but he didn't do that. Instead, he makes this counterintuitive decision and blames it all on not trusting his team, and uh, I hate to see that. I hate to see that. you got to trust your guys. You know, Frank Reich, the, Colts coach, the, the coach of the Colts, he trusts his players almost to a fault. I, I would say to a fault, especially if you look at how he handled the Adam Vinatieri situation last year. Um, he kind of started to do that with Philip Rivers a little bit this year, and then kind of re- I think he actually realized, yeah, I'm go- I'm doing the same thing again. He actually backtracked on one of his comments after Philip Rivers had thrown some mind-boggling interceptions, and he said, "Oh, he's the player I'm the least concerned about." And then he said, "Well, maybe I was being a little overdramatic there." Um, and he was, but Frank Reich is actually learning from his mistakes that he made with Adam Vinatieri, sticking by him, saying that there was no concern at all as he watched game after game after game, and the playoff hopes of the Colts just fade because of all these missed field goals. You know, he's, he learned from his mistakes, and he, he backtracked from that comment. And, and Philip Rivers has been playing better since then, I think. But Mike Tomlin has not learned from his mistakes. Well, it'll be interesting to see if in the future he continues to make head-scratching decisions because he doesn't trust his team. Thank you for listening. I'm glad I got to do a football episode. It's been a long time, way too long since uh, my last football episode. I hope you subscribe. I hope you go to podcast.com. That's pfftpodcast.com. And send me an email at... I have to get this email address right. I always forget it, but it's daniel.pfftpodcast at gmail.com. daniel.pfftpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and please join me next time.